Welcome back to the Adventure Geeks Podcast. This is Eric. This is Ian. And Ray. We have a lot coming at you today, so be prepared. There's a lot of news that came out, a lot that my two fellow Adventure Geeks did this past weekend. And some news that we are not proud to yes. talk about. We will get to that. Um, actually, you want let's just start off with the bad news. All right, bad um, news for us, people. So within the last 24 hours, uh, well... You guys are going to be receiving this on Thursday, so within the last 48 hours. The first 48. (laughs) Some dreadful news came out of the Hollywood Reporter Mm -hmm. and Marvel Studios and Sony, where they are officially taking Spider-Man out of the MCU. Um, I did hear a little... I did hear a little news that there could be some negotiating still going on, but as of right now... Sony and Marvel could not come to an agreement as far as the rights to Spider-Man. I heard a lot of different things. Um, I heard Marvel wanted to increase their 5% gross on the first dollar to 50-50, and Sony didn't want that. Um, I don't know all the logistics to it. I find that maybe Sony was a little greedy when it came to that because, I mean... From what I heard, Marvel did a lot of the producing for the two Spider-Man movies. Um, I also heard that Sony was upset because Kevin Feige wasn't producing the Spider-Man movies anymore because they wanted him more attached. But because Marvel has so many more properties now, they're giving Kevin Feige to other uh, projects like Fantastic Four yeah. and X Men and so on and so forth. I, I want to make a counterpoint there, Eric, about um, about the money issue with you know playing fifty fifty. Uh, I will say, doesn't Disney already have a lot of money to begin? That with? is true. I did. I can see it that way. I don't think that there really needs to. They don't need a whole lot more money, especially since like, all right, so we give Sony most of the profits for the Spider Man movies. Yep. But you're increasing the popularity of Spider-Man mm-hmm. for the team-up films, so that's just going to up their gross on the team-up yeah. films. But I mean, I, I mean, I can see both sides. Um, I personally think both companies are responsible. Yeah, for this. both both companies are to blame. Nobody's I think innocent. it's very sad. I am trying to look on the bright side of this, and I mean, I guess I, I could go through the the positives and negatives. But Ray, what are your thoughts first before I rant? Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming into this. Um, Obviously, everyone's sad that we're going to be losing Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. I feel really bad for him. Yeah. I mean, my thing right now is just that there was a lot, like, there was a lot behind getting Tom Holland in there. Like, that was always... And the plans, the plans with him in the MCU were huge. Yeah, well, I mean, this just also begs the question, like, what's going to happen now? Like, so, what's going to happen with Phase Five when that happens? That, that goes into and how they're going to exit him out of the MCU too? And then you're not even going to be able to talk about, you know, like Tony. Yeah, I. Like, that was such a huge part of Spider-Man. Like, how are you going to make a Spider-Man movie and not talk about Tony right now? Like, right. 
I would just kind of redcon it. I mean, that would be pretty low. There is. Sony's going to have to recast again with Spider-Man. It's the fourth time now. Like the fourth time within the last 20 years, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm hoping that they work it out. Um, Though I will say maybe the positive light here, if there is any, I mean, besides like, you know, it is a bad thing that they'd have to recast. We need optimism in this world. But now that Sony does have the rights to Spider-Man back, we can get a traditional Craven's Last Hunt. So with a darker storyline, you can also have a proper Maximum Carnage movie, which Mm -hmm. I heard was in the works. So they could have Maximum Carnage be darker and actually have Spider-Man in it. And, I mean, that those are my two positives. <laughs> I uh, mean... Okay. Those are good positives. I'm a little worried because if we, we all saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 from the original trilogy, how having too many right. villains... Yeah. Well, I, read, I read an article saying that they, when Sony was making the Spider-Man movies, like, they wanted to make it, like, fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why they included, like, the Peter dancing scene and, like, a bunch of... That wasn't fine. That was just cringeworthy. Fun stuff for, like, they wanted to gear it towards kids. But, right. Like, I don't know. But you have to think about it now because you have Venom, you have Carnage, which are more serious villains yeah. and serious characters. So you almost have to go darker. Yeah, but considering how the Venom movie did, I don't even think that's going to... True, but... In hindsight, Venom was also kind of goofy too. There were, Sony, yeah, like, there was. Uh, I mean, you I need to it. properly do it. I, I did. I was talking to a buddy last night, and I do wish that Marvel would keep the live action rights, but have Sony continue with their animated Spider Man because their animated Spider Man is awesome, and their video game is awesome. Like Sony bought out Insomniac Games to do more Spider Man games. Huh. I just kind of wish that the live action would give all the way to Marvel, like fully, because there were some good things I liked about Venom, but there was also some really bad parts about Venom. I had no interest in it at all. Oh, come on. Tom, I, I like Tom Hardy, but I just. The casting of Tom Hardy was the highlight of the film. Um, it just didn't. I, it, I it didn't strike all the right <laughs> notes that it had to. I'm not going to say it's like the worst Spider-Man film to come out, like Spider-Man-esque film, because I do still think that Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3 takes that cake. Yeah. But it's certainly not amongst the best Spider-Man. So, I mean, a lot of people are saying, too, you know, maybe they get Andrew Garfield back. But I'm like, you know, uh-huh. there's going to be a lot of fans that are just not going to like that. And now with Sonny taking him back, there might not be a whole lot of people that come out to these future Spider-Man movies now. We'll see. They, they always say that, but then, you know, people will come out just to I, see we'll, we'll see what comes out within the next couple of weeks because I have a feeling that this isn't over. No. Hopefully so, not. Well, there's an article that just posted – like today and said according to deadline apparently john watts who's the guy who did spider-man uh homecoming and then far from home he's um not attached to spider-man 3 so without having hmm. him as a director who's going to be the next director right, that that'd also be interesting. the tone of the entire movie michael bay i want michael no, bay to be the next director not. but it also <laughs> you know? says that tom holland is 
attached to Spider-Man 3 and 4. Yeah. But apparently Sony only plans to make two more films with him, so... See, it's like, it's interesting because I, I'd have to go into all, like, I'd have to dive really deep because there were rumors earlier before Far From Home came out that if Far From Home made a billion dollars, it was going to Marvel. So I don't huh. understand why there's a dispute now. I, I mean, it could have been just a rumor or whatever. Um, but I did hear the original contract, too, was for him to do a trilogy and then they'd have to figure out what to do with Spider-Man after that. Well, I mean, are they counting, um... Like, Civil War yeah, and Infinity War? War in that? Can you count those, though? Because he wasn't the main character in either of them. But if you're talking about, a, like, if you're going to include that, though, then it's not a trilogy. It's, like, five movies, because yeah. then he was in Infinity War and Endgame. So, actually, that's six movies. So, I don't... I don't I'd have to look in the yeah. logistics of that. I don't know all the I mean, tiny, tiny details that probably only Kevin Feige and Sony knows. Especially since they let us on that cliffhanger at the end of Far From Home. Yeah. Know. And they're setting up... See, this is, this is what makes me sad about it. We're not... We're probably never going to get a traditional... Sinister or, Six. Sinister Six. Not even, like, traditional, but a Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get Spider-Man teaming up with the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. which is... One of the things I was looking forward to the most. Very sad right now, everyone. And I'd like to see him with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Because that'd be funny as hell. It, it would be funny. I mean, I think Disney would put allow that because they'd have to tone the violence down. For me well, yeah, it would be toned violence. down, but I think it would still happen eventually. But, I mean, now, maybe not. I, I got an idea. Have Sony sell the rights to Warner Brothers so Spider-Man can work oh, with the God. Justice League. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why? Every goddamn episode, Ian. <laughs> Why? I'm a DC fanboy. I got my DC spieling. Oh, be done. But, what you, <laughs> but you know what? Looping back to that, it would be kind of cool if Christopher Nolan did a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. That'd be an interesting take. It would be one of the more darker Spider-Man. Yeah. You know. Craven's last time. Thank you. Yeah, see that? Yeah, that, that could work. So... If anyone's listening, big CEOs, please talk to Christopher Nolan for us. <laughs> we'll shout out there. Yeah, Ray, you've been a little quiet. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm just reading a lot of stuff about this whole thing. The more I read, the more it just sounds stupid. Ray is very anguished right now. Yeah, People see, so I, holding I, don't, I don't know how true a lot of it is because there have been like yeah. – it was like over the past 24 hours that like five or six different like sources posted – crap and i'm like there's no way that they allowed all those media outlets to be in that meeting so i'm like Hope, you know how much of this is actually true hopefully more um information will come out the next few days uh, yeah it sounds like everyone's pointing fingers at one another and that's typical i think there'll be a resolution you just said that apparently sony or disney was asking for 30 percent, not the 50 percent they asked for well how much money does disney need i mean they're already a multi-billion dollar exactly corporation. and the fact too if you look at it because I, th- I believe the original deal was that sony got the movie profits mm-hmm. and disney got the toy the merchandising profits and if you look at the numbers between both the toys and the merchandising make a shit ton more mm-hmm. than the movie does because this is like all year round, while the movie you technically only really make mon- yeah, yeah money yeah. twice. So when it comes out on DVD and when it's in theaters, so uh, for the movies that that's all that they make. Yeah. Toys are sold 365 days a year. Yeah, and that probably I'm I'm gonna not gonna get into video games because it's probably different. I don't think Marvel Studios makes anything off Maybe of the video not, games. Not that I've 
I, I think it's just the toys and t-shirts. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I can see. I was actually having this conversation with my friend Anthony the other day that Disney's actually losing money on Star Wars, too. Yeah. Do you say why? Do you guys um, know why? Well, I mean, there's a bunch of different things. Like, the movies haven't really been that good since Disney took over. Uh, yeah, there, there's evidence I for that. I think there's probably issues Two with George. Two is Disney's losing money on Galaxy's Edge. Like crazy. Yeah, I heard they over overexpected. Yeah, when I was talking that. to uh, Anthony about it, um, he was talking about how um, I guess, like, some places didn't, like, order enough parts for, like, to build your own lightsaber, so people weren't doing that. Didn't order <laughs> enough droid parts. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, wow. Like, cutting, I think they're, like, cutting either, like, staffing or hours for all the Galaxy's Edge employees. Wow. Like, it's all about logistics. It's, like, it, it's always logistics, and no one ever, like, which takes is that in consideration. Which is kind of surprising that they didn't model it similar to how they did Harry Potter World mm. because that one as far as I know was a huge success. Yeah, isn't that that oh, that is Universal. That's yeah, not that's Disney. Two oh. But you think that they could have maybe modeled it after them on how they did it cuz you can learn from your rival. Yeah, I mean Corporate But spies. it's funny so like when when Galaxy's Edge first came out, I was looking at a bunch of videos that a bunch of people were posting on Instagram and it looked packed. But yeah. like as the like next months waned on you look at the videos, and it's not as packed. There's mm. not as many people there. I see. I, I don't know what it would be. I mean, anyone listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just... I did I did read a couple things that um, it was costing them big time. And I wonder, like, is there, like, any rides that were attached? There's, like, one ride attached there's to Galaxy's Edge, right? One. Yeah, but I think that's it, right? There's not yeah. more than one. Hmm. So maybe it could be, like, not enough the rest rides. Of the they're trying to do merchandising. Yes. That's what money's made, man. Yeah. So, I don't know. Don't know. I mean, maybe, hopefully, and I and I looked at this up today, hopefully maybe The Mandalorian gets more fans on board because the trailer comes out on Friday. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. And hopefully Rise of Skywalker ends up being good. You seem unsure about that, Eric. I see. I don't know. Um, I mean, J.J. Abrams is back. I know. I do like J.J. Abrams back at the helm, but yeah. I don't know how he's going to deal with the, the Last Jedi. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to wait for another trailer. I, as of right now, I probably won't see it opening night. I'm going to wait until maybe another uh, trailer comes out and go from there. Well, I can't get the day off from work, but I'll probably go over weekend, though. Hmm. I mean, we'll see. I'm, we, we still need another trailer. Um, so if the last if, if the Knights of Ren are in the next trailer, I'll go see it opening night, I think. Or opening weekend, rather. Well, but if they're another not... Another thing talking about the Spider-Man thing is that the Sony stock is dipped now. Yeah, I saw that. It dropped 11 points over the, yeah. over the course of a night because that's, of uh, all the Spider-Man surprising. stuff. Yeah. But that's going to also like play into... You know, get video games like they own PlayStation. Right. They own everything over. Like you know, if people are going to be boycotting Detroit. Sony, like they're going to be boycotting PlayStation, and. I mean, I might not boycott PlayStation, but. But you might <laughs> yeah. not. But. Right, a lot of people lot might of people because might. of this thing. I mean, there's already a hashtag on Twitter about. Um, what we just talking about? Um, Every someone everything. Boycotting Sony. Yeah. Oh. Here's my here's my take on it. So, 
companies make money by giving the people what they want, right? What the fans want. If the fans want, like, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man to stay in the MCU, I don't see why they should, you know, squabble over that. But going back to that point, though, if you really look at it, mm-hmm. we're going to, like, kind of move PlayStation away. Okay. If you look at Sony Studios, mm-hmm. as far as movies go, what do they got? Like, you're trying to compete with, like, a Disney giant right now in the movie industry. Sony yeah, doesn't... Spider-Verse just won awards. Yeah, exactly. But, that again, that's Spider-Man, though. Outside of the realm of Spider-Man, like, what does Sony do as far as movies that are good? I can't name any. Uh, so maybe they're really trying to bank on the Spider-Man thing to make more so, profits. Yeah, but do we really want another rendition of Amazing Spider-Man. Too? I mean, I'm, I'm 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 just trying to see it from the other side too, because yeah, I know, I know. thinking on Sony's part, they Not really they don't really have a whole lot as far as movies go, other outside of animation. Because again, into the Spider-Verse. I mean, Venom made money, but again, that's in the realm of Spider-Man. And I do know that they were planning their whole Spider-Verse too, because they have a Morbius movie coming. They have um, there's another one, maybe Black Cat, maybe. Well, Sony Pictures. So I can understand them maybe being a little greedy. So Sony Pictures Mm. basically has franchises for Ghostbusters, Men in Black, Stuart Little, Underworld, Smurfs, Hotel Transylvania, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Sony Sony did all that? Yeah, that's what they say. But you gotta think, this is all basically animation movies. So they're just making money off little kids going. Yeah, and then bringing back Men in Black, I know the new one didn't do that hot either, and it didn't do well with critics. So maybe they saw that as another failure. What was the other ones you, that you said that were live action? Well, it was the new Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, Again, yeah, flop. Yeah, that, that would make sense. So Jumanji, maybe... Which, I mean, was, Jumanji was probably... It was enjoyable. Yeah. Can't say it's a, a breadwinner. Yeah, and, and, and I... Exactly, and I don't think I would so make a whole... F- yeah. Gun, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. That's the only merchandise I and, would buy. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to make a franchise out of it too. Like I thought it was weird that they even made a sequel to the original Jumanji, but I don't. I mean, I know they're making another yeah, one, this but is a, this is the age of reboots, man. Yeah, I know. Doing. That's yeah. the sad part. And I know they're coming out with another Ghostbusters, different because they're bringing, trying to bring back the original cast, but also it's not going to be a continuation of the last one that they did. So from like what a, I know. It's like a retcon? Yeah, because they okay. saw, I mean, they saw the backlash for the last one, so they're going to go back to the original. Which sucks for the actresses that were involved yeah. in that. I get it. It sucks. But at the same time, if you're going to do a new Ghostbusters movie with a whole new, like, all-female cast, do something different with it. Don't try to basically make the new characters like the old ones. Make them a fresh new set of characters. Don't have any connection with the original Ghostbusters. Just yeah, completely reboot it so that like you almost erase the old ones a little bit. I mean, maybe pay a couple Easter eggs to make a hot yeah homage. Um, Yeah, then you gotta pay like all right. So how much do you think it's gonna take to take Dan Aykroyd to put him in a Ghostbusters movie? Well, I mean, you don't even have to or do that. Maybe right. maybe throw in, like, the old Ghostbusters logo and make a new one. Or maybe you have mention of the St- Mr. Stay Puffed. You don't yeah. necessarily you have to bring back. Copyright. Right, copyright, uh, yeah. Who knows how expensive that is. But again, like, 
It's a lot, man. It yeah. is. It is. But I know that the yeah, major problem, the major problems with the new one that they made, and I mean, we're going on a tangent, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's what this is about. This is this yeah, this is a tangent of sad things about Sony. Yeah, um, but the major problems that they had with the new Ghostbusters was the story wasn't original and apparently didn't make a whole lot of sense. And they, people were tired of the new cast being like the old, trying to be like the old ones. They said that the, cause I didn't see this movie. I'm just going to throw that out there. I have not seen this movie. I'm just going based off of what I read. Uh, I haven't seen either. I'm just going by critic. So yeah, yeah, no yeah I didn't, I didn't really either, but um, so, I heard, I heard that the actresses were funny, but the problems were that, they were trying the the way it was written made it like they were trying to be like, like the old and the story wasn't original so yeah but you can make the same claim too for the force awakens when that came out because it was almost like a rehash of the new hope it was but i mean they had a bunch of likable characters um and you basically took an old film and gave it new graphics and different turns that made it a beautiful movie I mean, I'll admit that it's probably it's definitely not my favorite Star Wars movie, but for what it was, it was good. I would have liked a, a, an original story, but they made one of the old ones pretty, yeah. so it, it pans out like that. Okay, just do it. And and you can make the argument that Star Wars is has been more popular than Ghostbusters. Uh, money wise, you might you might be right. You know, well, no, I'd say yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. I mean, Ghostbusters. The Star's been around longer than Ghostbusters, and has more yeah. movies. Yeah, it's more of a franchise. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the Ghostbusters. Love the uh, Ghostbusters uh, cartoon when it came out back in the eighties. I mean, I I don't want. It's definitely not a cult classic, but in comparison to Star Wars, I think it's a cult classic. Just got to tell about the Twinkie. The Twinkie, and then like the the backpacks, and yeah, I mean they they have homages to that all the time in other movies zombie land being one of them they mm -hmm. made a lot of ghostbusters references because of bill murray um also they killed bill murray in that one yeah true but yeah is that really an homage or is that like a take that i can't i can't decide <laughs> i don't know we could debate it but <laughs> moving on <laughs> um but yeah uh, anything else to add to the sony tangent before we move on to our main our main topic now that we're 23 minutes no, in i was just reading more uh, nice. The other thing I'll say is uh, Sony and Disney guys, please get your yeah, please, act together. please kiss and make up because for the sake of the fans, yeah, yeah, just really, just really, especially for like such a young actor who's got like the rest of his career. Yeah, yeah. like I feel bad and for this is someone who's actually like enjoys playing the character. Exactly, like, not to say that everyone else doesn't enjoy it, but this is someone who enjoys playing the character, yeah. enjoys going out to like you know. Fan events. Yeah, fan events, yeah. hospitals, dressed up as the character to make people... You know. Done his homework. He yep. said that he... he I think in one of his original interviews, Tom Holland said that he would sign on to as many Spider-Man movies as Marvel would allow him to. Yeah. yeah. So you I have somebody who's that dedicated, and he's young, so you can have a full spectrum of maturity with Spider-Man. <laughs> so I would hate for him to go away. He's... I thought that he was very good at the role and he's definitely dedicated and I would hate for them to recast Spider-Man yet again. It's too soon. It's yeah. way too soon, especially with how well far from home just yeah. did. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the best Spider-Man movie because it's not, but it made, it was the first 
Spider-Man film to make a billion dollars. So I mean, if this goes through, I mean, Stan Lee said that he was the best Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's kind of shitty how like he's like Marvel's like poster boy. Post, yeah, and he's been he just hasn't really been treated a whole like very well since the original Spider-Man. If we uh, if they do hire a new actor, that's going to be the third one in a decade. Within this decade since uh, yeah. Andrew Garfield. So, like, the last time he was really treated well was the Tobey Maguire movies. Yeah. So, it, it would just be... Prob- uh, I would say it would be a crime to not let him finish his whole bout as Spider-Man. Because you already cut off Andrew Garfield. Yep. Even though I do think he did a good job from where what he was given. Yeah. So I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it though. I would I, I would just hate for them to reboot it again cuz I don't I don't as a diehard Spider-Man fan, Spider-Man fan, I don't I don't know if I would uh see so so I don't I don't know if I'd see it because of what's going on. So that is our tangent. Stay tuned. All right. So Kind of to brighten up the mood a little bit, we're going to move into our next and probably main topic of the evening. Uh, Ray and Ian both went to Fan Expo in Boston this weekend. So Woo! That was charming. Um, <laughs> so they're going to talk about their experiences there. I wasn't there, so I can't really comment on it much. So this will be the first time I actually shut my mouth. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I know it is about time. Hey, everybody. So, yeah, Brad and I went to uh, Boston Con this weekend. Great, great time. I love that city. Uh, you know. Yeah, I like Boston. There's yeah. a lot of history there. It is, especially if you do the Freedom Trail. Yeah, especially uh, for history buffs like me and Ian. Yeah. So. Can't say much about the driving there, but, you know. Uh, yeah. I hate the mass bike. <laughs> I, hate the, I hate the bike. I hate the, yeah, the city driving. But anyway, we're sidetracking. So, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about my experience at Boston Con. So, I uh, had a couple of panels. I, I saw a lot of artwork. Got a bunch of artwork there. As you know, as I said before, I'm, I'm big into, like, you know, supporting local artists with, you know, different styles of uh, drawings and painting. So, Sorry not to interrupt, mm-hmm. but where exactly was it again? Sorry, it was the uh, Boston Convention Center in, well, Boston, Mass., Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it's in what? It's in the Seaport District, right? Yeah, we uh, it was like I stayed with my brother at the uh, the barracks at the Charlestown Naval Yard, so it's about like a three mile walk to and fro. Oh, it's not too bad. Nah, it's, it's easy. Just uh, oh, that's awesome. So you didn't even have to park? Uh, yeah, no, I parked at the uh, the Naval Yard, so I saved the boatload on uh, parking fees. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we had to pay twenty dollars. So yeah, no, I I hate the parking fees. Uh, quick tip for everybody who likes to go to Comic-Cons or wants to go to Comic-Cons in the future, depending on the style of costume you get and depending how far you have to walk from like your car to the Boston or any convention center or any con, uh, be careful what you wear out in public walking <laughs> to because my brother went as a UBCS trooper, you know, from Resident Evil, the guys that die in the first five minutes of, uh, I think, RE3. Yeah. We all know what we're talking about. Get some, get some! Ah! <laughs> and uh, part of his costume, he wears a vest that has the umbrella logo on it. But just use some common sense when you go to these conventions, because any random person who sees that vest from afar is gonna think you're about to, uh, you know, 
commit a. Uh, I don't really. I shouldn't have to say it, but you know what I'm talking Walk about. Walk the line. Walk the line. Yeah. So just just, just a little common sense. You know, don't, don't you don't want to freak people out. You don't want to get stopped by a police officer every five minutes. Like, let me see your ID. What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just my two cents. Be safe, and everybody. You know, I'm always about safety. So anyway, I got to sit on a panel with. Uh, Several of the writers and artists from uh, D.C., including Brian Azzarello, Lee Bermijo, Greg Capullo, Becky Cloonan, Mark Doyle, and Peter Tomasi. So they were talking about their experience working in the D- working with, uh, more specifically, Batman over the last several issues. They talked a little bit about uh, Batman, The Last Night on Earth. Um any, lo- any, love any, that any run. you can talk about? Or? Yeah, lo- love that run don't, so don't far. Don't do any so. spoilers. So spoilers, if you haven't read the first two issues, they're out now. Scott Snyder, <laughs> Greg Capullo, mm-hmm. the, uh, I guess, penultimate Batman saga for them. Yeah, it's supposed to be supposedly their last run as Batman to get with together. Yep. Um, I won't spoil anything. Right now, Greg said he's only about 10 pages into uh, The Last Night on Earth. Was the third issue? So it's only three issues, right? The only three yeah. issues. Yeah, he's on volume three right now. Uh, he did say it's going to be a bit longer than the other two. That's good. Yeah, he didn't hint too much at who was the uh, main bad, I want to well, say. Well, that's good, because I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Did, did they say when they were going to release it? I heard it was November, but it, I, back, I it did yeah, get pushed back. You okay. Could, you the good s- thing about these, so this is part of the, I don't mean to chime in. No, no, no. This is part of the uh, here for. DC Black Label books so this is like kind of like a more adult themed yeah oh, more yeah. adult themed a little more grittier mm-hmm. um the best thing about these books is that there's no ads in them yeah it's just you're getting yeah it's straight up it's, yeah. Pure, it's yeah. great yeah no ads no nothing to like kind of sidetrack you um yeah but the black label books so far we've had batman dams which Superman, is good year yeah year one year one, one. with frank yep. miller and uh frank miller and john Roman second Jr. issue just came out this week i just bought it so yeah. And, uh yeah batman dan by brian azarello lee bermejo i think those are the only black labels so far right you can make the argument because um curse of the white knight they're making oh, yeah. like well, but that was when, but when, yeah. it was, when it was batman white knight that was just regular Right. Was it? No, no was, well, they. I'm I think they. Orig- I heard. I thought when they originally released the issues, it wasn't, and then they re-released it under the black label. Yeah, when it was the trade, it was it was black. Yeah, the Murphy verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Murphy. Um. Anyways, keep going inside. No, okay, that's, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, no spoilers. Uh, you know, you like to mess around with the audience, so they were saying, "All right, fans, who do you want to be the big bad in this?" I, I heard people say Jason Todd. I heard people oh, say, uh, "Sorry, That's yeah, I, I know you, you, you've had enough of Jason, Jason Todd with the yeah. Red Hood." Um, first, I like, I like Jason Todd. I think he's a good character. I just think he's overdeveloped. Is that it? Well, it's it's just like when there's always a mystery villain in like Batman. Now mm-hmm. it always ends up being him because you have Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of heavy. Rumors that he's going to be Leviathan in event Leviathan uh, okay. too. So I'm like, can we have somebody else, please? Yeah, like, no, I get that. I like him as the Red Hood. Yeah, I love that character. But the fact that they're like trying to put him in different yeah. costumes and different characters is just driving me nuts. Because stick with Red Hood so, yeah, like because Red it's Hood. a good enough character where you can he can you can do a lot with it. Yeah, I want to see the Red Hood and the Punisher. You know, that kind of run, run together. Yeah, kind of cool. The body count will be high. Yes. 
Uh, so firstly, I was thinking maybe Joel Schumacher, that to uh, <laughs> family members watching Batman and Robin back in the day. <laughs> Bat nipples. That, that uh, tra- travesty of a comic book film. Well, yeah, no, the travesty, I, I can't lie. The Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze puns cannot save the movie. No. The only thing that kind of saved it was Uma Thurman in the green light text. That was probably about it. Yes, yes. Uh, fine job memories. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I won't go any further, but anyway, we'll continue. Anyway, that was the rest of the panel. <laughs> rest of the panel was great. Um, I think it was Lee talked about how he would like to do more uh, the Spectre That'd be uh, cool. comics because he I wants love the Spectre. He's yeah. a good character. He's the best Jim Corrigan out of uh, all the Jim Corrigans in DC. Now, is he gonna be doing? Because I heard rumors that they're gonna have a Spectre label under the Black Label. I think that's what he was going for. Yeah, and talk, talking about his continuing with or, the Spectre. Yeah, it was either Black Label or Vertigo. Well, Vertigo's done now, so. Or um, what's the new Sandman universe part of? Sandman. Oof. I don't want to say it's Vertigo, oh, the but young it's... animal. Maybe. Yeah, because that was Gerard Way starting off the DC's young animal. That's what the so, whole line was called. So it could be. I don't know. Continue. <laughs> okay. A- anyway, so, yeah, they were talking about uh, the Spectre, and then uh, I think Lee also, memory serves me, Lee also mentioned uh, continuing that it's going to be a new story with uh, Mr. Freeze from the detective, latest Detective Comics. It, this is... Well, wasn't Tomasi? Tomasi was writing the Spectre in the past couple issues of Detective. Ah, did I get those two? I don't think I got that confused. Well, Peter Tomasi is writing Detective Comics right now. And okay. The, the two issues that were just before the last, the next two that just came out, mm-hmm. um, he was writing The Spectre, and now he's writing Mr. Freeze. Okay. All right, Tomasi was the one talking about Mr. Freeze. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. So All it right. must have been Tomasi. Then. All right, yeah, sorry. I think I and, and this is different than the Von Freeze that Sean Murphy's doing, right? Yeah, the Von Freeze yeah. is going to be set okay. in the whole Murphyverse. Murphy yeah. which, which is pretty cool, but again, continue. Then to me, it's, it's, it's going to be different than... Uh, Mr. Freeze, I remember from the MH series, voiced by Michael and Sana. Yeah. Yeah, rest in peace. So, uh, yeah, he said stay tuned for that. Uh, I think they want to try to move on fast Batman, bring in many more of the Justice League Darken, like Etrigan, the Spectre. What did, uh, did Becky Cloonan talk about much? Yeah, she talked a little bit about her artwork. I, I love her. Her art's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, the, the only oh, this one funny star I mentioned with uh, Greg, he was uh, talking. Making fun of poking fun is a uh, you know partner Snyder saying every time they work together, he always has Greg like draw more men than women, and <laughs> he was hoping to draw some more Catwoman. So I actually got to have a poster signed for him the other day, and I'm like, I just nice. told him, like, hey, you know, we really appreciate you drawing more, more Catwoman too, yeah, so good luck with that. <laughs> but he was they're pretty down to earth, they're pretty chill. I, I enjoyed it, you know, the fans loved it, and they're also uh, promoting D- the DC Universe live streaming yes. service. So if you guys like DC, definitely check that out. It's it's kind of like Netflix for DC. It's only like, well, I think seven, eight bucks a month. And yeah. you get oh, almost I paid the for movie. the membership. So. I oh, did too. I got the full membership, one, yeah. yeah. I'm mooching. Yeah, so <laughs> get it or know a friend who has it. Get cozy with people. It is very good. I it think is. it doesn't get enough credit. It does, and I'm hoping they, they expand on it and push it out some more. That make it almost as powerful as Netflix. They have a little bit more to go with that, but I mean yeah. they're on the right track, I think. Yeah. So that was the Batman panel, and 
the other big panel we went to, uh, I sat down to talk with uh, Christina V, who is a a voice actress. And this is more for anime fans. Because, uh, you know, we have one, Eric here is a huge anime fan. We're trying to get him involved in that. Yeah, I started One Piece the other day. So One Piece? Okay. That's, that's a I've start. Watched, I've watched Death Note, so... <laughs> uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Continue. All right. Um, so Christina V right now is voice. What was is voicing or is voicing uh, Sailor Mars from the new Sailor Moon Crystal? Well, the, the, the show's been out for a, few, a couple of years now, but uh, she was talking about her experiences getting the part for Ray Hino, who is Sailor Mars, and how she's super excited for it. And uh, yeah, talking about how she fangirling a little bit about, you know, comics and anime and getting to know her fans, which is really cool. You know, most of these, most of the voice actors and actors, they're, you know, they do it for, they're as much as geeks as, you know, the, their fans are. So that helps you like, hey, we're on the same page. I uh, did get to ask her one question, though, and this is not an anime question. I asked her, going dressed up as Clark Kent, of course, I'll just say I was from the uh, Daily Planet. Uh, I wanted to ask her, was she in the comics and... Uh, did she prefer DC or Marvel? And she told us a quick Ooh. story about yeah, like I got I got the audience a little thought thing on this one. Uh, she did a quick story about how she used to work in a comic store when she was in when she was in school. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so that was pretty that was pretty fun. And uh, mentioned that when she was growing up working in the comic store, she preferred DC comics over Marvel. However, with the introduction of the MCU over the last 10 plus years and the way the movies have been going, she's now preferring Marvel over uh, DC. So, okay. Yeah. I, I was a little, just personally, my heart was a little broken, but, you know, I get it. I get it. There's only so much uh, orange green screen that one person can take watching a superhero <laughs> movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, no, she was awesome. Um, the other panels were awesome. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, I, I had fun. Uh, I got to see a lot of people, I got to see a lot of interesting people with their, you know, make, with their, the way they do their costumes and cosplaying. Uh, I talked to one couple who went as, uh, Azrael Batman and Batgirl talking about how, like, the molding for that alone took, took a month and a half. and Yeah, it takes a lot to do that. Yeah, I'm, personally, I have no idea about any of this stuff. My, my costume is I put the Superman shirt on, I put the khaki shirt on, and well, I mean, that's, that's a, a... That's a nice, simple one. Yeah. Simple but effective, I keep telling people, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, uh, you know, got to represent the uh, Man of Steel. You wear glasses, Oh, I glasses, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I took a pair of my dad's old reading glasses, and I took the... Uh, frames out? Frames or, out. Lenses out? Lenses out, yeah. So they, they look a little wobbly, but I think that goes with like the Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent, uh, adorable look of a Superman. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, Christopher Reeves is probably my favorite Superman next to Henry Cavill. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that at some point. At some point. Brandon Ralph. <laughs> All right, enough, no, no. Again, let's let's time. not <laughs> let's not go there yet. <laughs> we will talk about this another another time and date. Right? <laughs> we'll have a whole special episode about it. But, uh, yeah, so I was there for Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Sunday was, Saturday was packed, like, it was just crazy. Yeah, Saturday was insane. I only went Saturday, so. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, Sunday was a lot better, so. Yeah. If, uh, if people who like to go, these things aren't hugely into crowds, definitely go on a Sunday, the, the traffic is less. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I got to explore Boston a little bit. Got to go to my favorite Irish pub there, the Black Rose. So that's a good place. Anybody wants to go sure. there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick question for sure. you, though. What did did Azarello talk a lot, or did he kind of? Uh, he he talked briefly, and it was only for like a few minutes. And I can't entirely remember what he was talking about. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, the big hitters there were Lee, Tomasi, Becky, and uh, Greg. Nice. Yeah. So uh, they said, stay tuned for Last Night on Earth. Uh, check out the uh, DC Universe streaming service. And uh, yeah, keep reading the Black Label, and you know. Keep buying DC. So. I will say, for the most part, I am more into DC comics at the moment than Marvel. Yeah. As far as comics go, there's more lines on DC that I like than Marvel currently, but it's a whole other thing. They can just translate that into better live-action films, you know, at least the team-ups. I mean, origin um, stories are great. the DC original content on DC Universe is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. Titans. Titans. Swamp, Swamp Thing was really awesome. I just good. finished Swamp Thing. My God, I want a season two out of that. Make it happen. <laughs> See, now you're happy we met Derek Mears. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. He was, he was a cool guy. I liked him in that Swamp Thing. And, uh, you know, Titan Season 2 is coming out in September, so stay tuned for that. Yep, it's going to be exciting. We'll just have to binge it an entire an entire weekend together. <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be... like 10 hours together. I mean, we did like six already. Yeah. With freaking... Yeah, that's uh, true. I guess we just got to tack four more on. Oh, we man. might have to get a couple more pieces for that, though. Yeah. And some more beer. Yeah, beer for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, I went to Boston, or Fan Expo. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ray. Go, go, no, what, how, was your, how was your experience? No, it was good. Um, so I went with my friend Anthony, who, who he was going to be here tonight to be the first guest star. But, uh, <laughs> he had to work late, so fortunately. Hopefully, I'll be talking for both of us. Um, so yeah, so Fan Expo was pretty good. Um, I had a pretty small list compared to my Terrificon list of artists and writers I wanted. Um, I know my big, uh, let me pull up my list here. I know my hmm. big hitters for that were, yeah, so my big hitters for that were Mike Mignola, who, um, you know, of course everyone knows him. Hellboy. Hellboy. Mm -hmm. um, and Dan Slott. So this is the first time I think, I've seen Dan Slott at a convention and Mike Bignola, so I was really excited for that. So I went through and I got all my um, all my uh, issues together. Um, so I had Mike Mignola sign uh, a couple Hellboys, uh, BPRD, um, Abe Sapien. Ooh, nice. Um, a Beast of Burden, which is a uh, Hellboy Beast of Burden crossover, which is Beast of Burden was pretty good. It was written by Joe Thompson, and it's basically about um, these like pets who can see ghosts. Huh. Pretty good. So I liked it. it. It got pretty dark though at some times. So does that mean my beagle can see ghosts? Um, because that'd be cool if we could. Like that'd be cool. If my dog could. <laughs> Maybe if you Maybe. Still, I mean, they can, sense they can sense ghosts, can't they? Dogs can sense ghosts. Yeah, they can uh, sense supernatural stuff. Yeah, you can sense potatoes. So the floor that was pretty away. cool. Um, it Mignola was a really cool dude to talk to. Like, he was just really chill. Um, he said uh, first five signatures were free, and then he just asked for donations after that. And That's I bought, awesome. I bought a cool little print from him too. Um. And talking about the next big one was Dan Slott, who was freaking awesome to me. 
um, he was just a really chill dude. Like, he loved talking. Like, Anthony and I stood there probably for, like, at least almost 20 minutes talking to him <laughs> while he was signing my comics and Anthony's comics. Um, so he let on a couple cool things. Uh, I asked him what his favorite character right was, and he said that, surprisingly, it wasn't Spider-Man, but he, he said Spider-Man was up there. Um, he was really excited to start Tony Stark, so... He's writing Iron Man and Fantastic Four now. He just he just ended almost the like completely legendary run of Spider Man. Huh. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I got a few issues signed by Dan Slott. That was pretty awesome. Um, he I picked his brain about Superior Spider Man and you know what what his decision was to put you know Doctor Octopus into Spider Man's body like because that was just no one saw that coming. I, I thought it was fantastic. Superior Spider-Man was really good. Um, he said that he's been enjoying Fantastic Four a lot, which I'm glad that they finally brought them back. Um, I even had him write, uh, I had him sign the issue where um, they did like a tribute to Johnny Storm after he died, which is pretty funny because he was telling me a funny story about it. So um, when they were doing the editing for it, he was like in Australia for a convention. Mm-hmm. And... They sent him the pages, but it had Jonathan Hickman's dialogue in it because Jonathan Hickman is the one who, uh, excuse me, quote unquote, killed Johnny Storm. So they actually put Hickman's dialogue over Dan Slott's um, dialogue and said, this is what we're going to run. And then Dan Slott was like, hell no, we're not doing that. (laughs) So they basically reprinted everything and made it so that way it was Dan Slott's uh, words, which I thought that was pretty cool. He also hinted a lot at Marvel 1000, which is going to be um, can't wait freaking blockbuster of a comic. So he was pretty excited. So he actually brought Marcos Martin back to do a page, which Marcos Martin is he was a phenomenal artist on Spider-Man. I thought it was I, I loved his arcs whenever he did them. They were just so good. And um, so they brought him back because he only really does creator own stuff now. Um, I think through uh, some site, I can't remember, something with Brian K. Vaughn where they did like a bunch of like online stuff. You can donate and then basically set your own price. So Marcos Martins coming back with Dan Slott for Marvel 1000. Um, the screenwriters for Into the Spider-Verse are doing a page with Robbie Rodriguez. Ooh, no kidding. Who did, the, art, who did the original Spider-Gwen art. So I think that's going to be really cool. And he said that... Don't you mean Spider Bay Ray? I don't think he's in uh, slang. But <laughs> yes. Um, Spider Queen. Spider Queen, there we go. So uh, that was pretty cool. And then Brad Meltzer, who has never wrote, written for Marvel in his life, said uh, Dan Slott said that he wrote probably the best Spider-Man story he's ever read. Wow. That's and I said, putting the bar pretty cow, high. That's, yeah. And Brad Meltzer, who's never wrote for Marvel at all, he's written DC. He did uh, a good run on Justice League. Um, so I can't even contain my excitement for Marvel 1000. It's going to be really good. And when's that coming out, right? September? September. September. I think September. September or November. I can't remember. But Keep talking. I'll find apparently out. there's going to be like up. a bunch of variant covers, too. So that's going to be really hard to not buy them all. So. We'll um, have the space to buy them all. Yeah, I think I'll have space. I got room <laughs> for a couple more boxes in my room. Um, yeah, but Dan Slott was really cool to talk to. Um, 
I know um, there was uh, a couple artists that we stopped by, took a look at. Um, did you get any artwork? I did, actually. I got this really cool Japanese-style Godzilla print. I nice. saw that. That was cool. Um, which is actually printed on, like, I guess, like, Japanese paper, so it's, like, really thin. Huh, so no that's kidding. That's what makes it look like it's actually, like, on a scroll. Was this an artist alley? Yeah. Huh. He was right across that. from, uh, I want to say Phil Noto, because I was excited to see Phil Noto, too. Uh, I got a cool Phil Noto print um, that was basically chronicling uh, 80 Years of Marvel. Nice. That was pretty cool. And then when Anthony and I were walking around, I saw this uh, uh, really cool poster of like all these different ships, mm-hmm. spaceships. So I saw that he had the Normandy SR1 and SR2, which for those of you who don't know me, Mass Effect is probably one of my favorite video games. That was a good game. Yeah, I, that's, mm. I have it tattooed on my arm. So, <laughs> And then uh, they also had a swordfish from Cowboy Bebop, so that was pretty cool. There's another anime we got to get Eric to watch that's like the best yeah. one, one of the best yeah, ones. It, it, Cowboy Bebop's like probably my top five. I would say number one. Um, wow. Yeah, and then uh, for celebrities, we were just kind of walking around. Anthony's really into getting Funko Pop signed, so he got a couple of his Funko Pop signed. Um, <clears throat> when we were walking through, I didn't realize that the guy who does the voice for Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption is there. Oh, so wow. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to get his autograph because so, <laughs> I didn't realize he was there. So I got his autograph, and I also got Steve Bloom, who does the voice of Cowboy Bebop, or does the voice of Spike in Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop. And he's done a lot of other voices, too. Yeah. Like he's done a whole bunch. He's done Wolverine from Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, it was, uh, uh, who was the bad the bad guy in book one of Legend of Korra? Uh, the, the Equalist. Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that yeah, that was him, yeah. Yeah, so I got, um, I got him to sign a, my Spike Spiegel pop. Um, yeah, other than that, we just walked around. Uh, shout out to, I don't know, Toby, if you're listening, shout out to Tobias Kodachrome. <laughs> he was there. I talked to Toby. He um, he does a bunch of cool comic collages. Um, I know I put a couple of them on my Facebook page, if you guys <laughs> are my friends. I rave about them all the time because they're fantastic. He takes commissions. So look him up on Etsy, Tobias Kodachrome, C O D A. K R O M E or K H R O M E. Tobias Code. So look him up. Um, I I can't talk more enough about him because I his collages are fantastic. Like you guys have seen him in my room. Yeah, yeah I like them. Fantastic. They, they are awesome. Yeah, they, he takes commissions. So um, you know, just uh, look him up or just ask me. Also, Marvel Comics 1000 comes out the 28th of August. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Fan Expo Boston, it's good. Um, I actually like the – I like it in the convention center. Um, it was nice at the Seaport World Trade Center, but it was just getting too big for that. Yeah, i never been to the one when it was in Seaport. Yeah, it was actually really nice when it first started because it was in, like, a convention center mm-hmm. of a hotel, which was, like, really small, and it was nice. That was actually where I got my first uh, sketch. Ooh. Yeah, Francis Mian Paul did a flash for me. Um, it was nice there. Uh, it was nice at the seaport until it got too big. Mm-hmm. And the only thing with the Fan Expo Center, the convention center, the only problem I have with it is they tuck all the artists in like a back corner. 
Yeah, I, I noticed like that no too. There's no room to do anything. Like it's like for someone like me who brings in like a bunch of comics to get signed, there's no room to just stand there and get them out. Like. Yeah, but most of the space was reserved for, like, the heavy hitters. Like yeah, that. and then, like, you got the whole back just filled with celebrities. I mean, granted, it's all right. Like, I don't mind because I like meeting with some of them. But, like, then there was a lot of vendors. and But there was a lot more space where they could have spaced it out, I think, where they could have given the artists more room. Like that whole area where they had, like, you know, the the photo for the photo ops. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. Could or they could have just moved all the vendors over a little bit because you had all that room right before the food court. There was like a whole bunch of room, which I remember last year was pretty much just packed. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. They must have had less vendors or something this year. That's the only thing I can think of. I didn't bother going to the food court. I wouldn't, you know. Yeah, no. Anthony and I were not going to do that because that line was insane. Insane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Bring um, your food. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to Anthony. Thanks for coming with me, man. Had a lot of fun. Um. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so did you go to any panels or anything or no? No, I didn't. No. I didn't do any okay. Panels. Um, I like panels. Yeah. I like panels too. They're not bad, but like when it comes to like wanting to get my comic signed, yeah, it takes a little yeah, for me. right, exactly. So, um, so, so yeah. uh, shout out to my brother Austin. He went with uh, me. He's working uh, the park guide, so you know, hit him up, in Boston. He'll, he'll, give you, he'll, he'll give you a tour of the city for free. Sure, for free. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if you want to say that, but um, so that kind of wraps. Uh, before we wrap up, though, um, is there any comics that you guys read over the past week that you would want to shout out to a recommendation oh, for uh, our our lovely crowd here? Um, I just read um, the first issue of Curse of the White Knight by uh, Sean Murphy. No, I don't oh. say anything I read yet. It's very good. Uh, okay. It's good. I recommend it. Um, well, so when I was at my parents' Sunday doing laundry and eating dinner, um, I got through maybe like a good stack of my Marvel. I'm not done with my Marvel. I still haven't even touched my DC. But um, I really liked House of X, Powers of X. Hickman's doing a lot of good stuff with that. So if you guys are reading that, um, let me know what you think. Uh History of the Marvel Universe mm, by Mark yep. Wade and Javier Rodriguez. Second issue came out today. Um, holy crap. There was like a bunch of stuff that, you know, even I didn't know. And Rob, I know you're listening, so might even have stuff that you don't know about. I mean, you're the one who taught me, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so those were pretty much my two big hitters. Uh, Marvel Comics Presents is pretty good. Um, I'm really enjoying how it's just like a bunch of different writers and artists doing stories in it. Um, I didn't touch my DC pile yet, so I can't really give you anything about DC. Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, right, well, I just covered DC. So you got Marvel, <laughs> I mean, so how about you, Eric? You I read, um, I finished up the Batman Who Laughs, which it was decent. Don't say anything, I, I, I won't say anything. I do think that the Batman Who Laughs is a bit overhyped. To me, he's just uh, the Joker. Just well, it's that. it's more than that, but I feel like they definitely are overhyping this character for what he is. Um, the main one I wanted to talk about, though, and this was like a little game changer for me, was the graphic novel Die mm-hmm. from Image Comics. So we're going into the number three mm-hmm. big hitter. Um, written by Kieran Gillen and art by Stephanie Haynes. Oh. Hans, sorry, Hans. And she did um, The Wicked and Divine and Ooh, Journey nice. into Mystery. Um, this Kieran Gillen also wrote Wicked in the Vine and Journey into Mystery. Thank you. 
Um, but this book was this, it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. And that's a good thing. The art is phenomenal. Basically take, uh, Jumanji, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, and a little bit of steampunk and you have die. Uh, the basic concept it's, it's out there. It's, it's like every geek's dream kind of, um, I mean, I'm even reading a description here, and they basically describe it as a goth Jumanji. Very dark. Um, it follows six six kids. They start this new like Dungeons and Dragons type mm -hmm. game, and the dice bring them into another world, and whatever happens into that world happens to them. Oh. So they're in there for two years. It shows them coming back. One of their party members is gone. One of them is missing an arm, and then it like fast forwards like I think thirty five years, and they have to go. They they find their missing party members die, and then they have to go back into the game and try to see what's going on. There, there's a lot of cool things going on with this. I've heard from some people it, it could be up to the hype of Saga. Yeah. I haven't read Saga yet, oh, but I heard gosh. that die is starting out pretty good like it's going to be well, some people meeting uh, our good friend clay yep <laughs> I, I heard it from a couple other people though in the facebook group though so um yeah the first volume was very good uh i don't know when the next one's coming out but definitely look out for that read it if you haven't already definitely up there with my favorite image not at the top but a little bit there um so that's my reading recommendation for the week for sure um, it's a good reading recommendation. Yeah, I uh, I I'm very much. It. Yeah, I'm. I'll bring it in next time. Um, anything else? Uh, I think we touched everything, didn't we, for Boston Fan Expo and Comics of the Week? Yeah. Um. So this brings us into. I'm excited for this one because I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> for our nature section, we're basically gonna we're do. Good. We're basically gonna do an introductory to indoor rock climbing. Uh, going to go over the basics. Um, pretty much any recommendations we have as far as gyms, equipment, everything like that. So, uh, me and Ian have been going for quite a while. I've been, I'm on my, I want to say fifth year rock climbing, like in a row. I think my year two for me. Yeah, you're year yeah. two. Yeah, I would say year two. Um, so there's three types of indoor because outdoor rock climbing is a whole different thing. So we're gonna stick with indoor rock climbing. It's mm -hmm. more. It's more easy, easily accessible, and it's definitely easier than outdoor rock climbing. So, um, Especially for beginners. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's three types of indoor rock climbing. Mm -hmm. There's bouldering, top rope, and lead climbing. So we'll, we'll, we're going to kind of go down the list and talk. We'll talk about bouldering first, which is basically rock climbing without a rope. But the walls are shorter. They're about, what, yeah. 10, 15 feet, would you say, tall? usually? I say about the 13 or 14 feet, yeah. Yeah. Um, For the most part. And it's, yeah, I mean, basically it's climbing up like, I don't know, maybe a little taller than your living room wall. Um, it depends because the one we went to, the some of the walls are slanted, so you can right. be hanging off of yeah. them. Yeah, and, and a lot of time it, it's, bouldering is usually what they do for competitions. So they use the bouldering wall because when you go to top rope, you actually kind of have to rely on somebody else yeah, for your speed because you have a belayer that 
it's basically tied in on the other end of the rope so you don't fall and die. Yeah. Um, but bouldering, basically no rope. Um, you only really need ro- rock climbing shoes and chalk, but we, we're going to get into that towards the end because a lot of rock gyms, when you pay for your, uh, was it, day pass, it includes shoes and chalk most of the time. I don't think I've been to a gym that hasn't. Um, so basically the rating system is VB, which is very, uh, it doesn't stand for very, but, uh, beginner to V15, V16. I've never seen a 15 or 16, but basically, and I, I I was looking at this today, the V stands for vermin, which is, um, John, the Verm Sherman is the guy who invented the rating system. So the V stands for his last name. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically the way I'm, I'll post, I'll do like a little introductory article on the website, but the rating system kind of goes like VB to like V3 is like a beginner. Then you go from V4 to like V8 is intermediate. And then anything from there on is going to be advanced. I've never seen a V15 though. I think I've seen a V10, V11. That was about it. Actually the bigger sites. Yeah, maybe, um, then we can go so that's bouldering so a lot of people especially like professional rock climbers or like more advanced people will use bouldering to do like technique in the way they climb so they use it more for a training training and dinos which is dynamic moving so you launch from one hold to the other and then then like the more popular for the public is the top rope top rope climbing which is um, you have to take a class. Every gym will make you do it. Yeah, you're it's, certified. yeah, it's it's an hour class, and they basically teach you a knot to tie into the rope, and then to teach you how to belay. And basically, what belaying is is to make like how to take rope as the person on the other end is climbing up the wall. So like if they fall, you can hold them in place so they don't fall at all. Make sure you have ro- both your hands on the rope at all times. Yeah, I mean we're not gonna teach them how to belay because that's liability issue but um basically it's an hour-long class at most gyms that teach you the knot and how to belay and kind of get used to climbing a bit more on taller taller walls because for the most part top rope walls are between 30 and 40 feet high unless you're you know on i'll mention this under like the uh the gym part but uh, there are some gyms that have two floors and the top rope walls are shorter, so they'll be like 20 feet each. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, um, the top rope rating system's a bit different. It's It goes from 5.3 to 5.15C, and it's because they go under a different rating system, basically called the Yosemite Decimal System, which... For those of you who don't know, that's in reference to Yosemite National Park in California. Uh, personally, I was thinking Yosemite Sam. <laughs> I'm not being... Yeah, it might look like you. Hey, it was wrong with Looney Tunes. <laughs> you look like a Looney Tune. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to interject here real quick. Yeah, cool. go for it. So are there a lot of rock climbing places in Connecticut, or is it just... Yes, there is a lot of... Well, do you mean outdoor or, or indoor? I mean, either one. I just I'm oh, there's a, there's a lot of both. I don't know what so they have Central in Rock Gym and Glastonbury. Yeah. That, I have like an entire list that I'll go through um, at the end. Um, there are a sh- 
shit ton. Like almost in every town that I, well, uh, not in every town, but a lot of major towns in Connecticut. And I even go into Mass a little bit. Doesn't mean Stafford has a rock gym too? Really? No. Um, <laughs> no, 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 um, no. No, I don't. But uh, <laughs> it's, I'm going to bite my tongue. Um, uh, going to like back to the ratings though, like 5.3 to 5.6 is like beginner. Um, I've never seen a 5.3. I've seen a 5.5. Five. But a lot of like the kitty walls in some of the mm-hmm. gyms aren't even rated. So I honestly don't know what the five means in, in the five point scale, but um, so five three to five six is beginner, five seven to five nine is intermediate, and five ten and up is advanced. And then around the five ten, and I've seen different gyms do this. Um, five around five ten and up, you'll see either A, B, or C, A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. So it'll be five ten A, five ten B, five ten C, and five ten D. The gyms that I go to don't really usually do that until like five twelve. Um, I have seen around 510 they use plus and minus, and basically it's it just means that there's a subtle difference of whether or not it's easier than a 510 or maybe more challenging than a 510, but not quite no 511 or not quite a 59. So it basically a lot of routes are rated due to the spacing of the holds, the type of holds that are used, and the different types of moves that you would have to use to get to the next hold. Yeah, not, not every um, – it's, it's going to be different for each each one, you know. Yeah, every gym I find has a different way that they rate their roots. And actually, one of the ones that I go to, they've done it now where they set up a route, mm-hmm. and then at the bottom they'll have a card and that you can vote on what you think it should be rated now. Oh, huh, okay. So you kind of have say in how they rate it. Um, and to top rope indoors – because it's different outdoors, you would need a rock climb, rock climbing shoes, mm-hmm. chalk bag, chalk, harness, and a carabiner with a belay device. If Again, if you uh, get a day pass, they'll probably charge you a couple extra bucks, but they usually allow you to rent the gear. A little disgusting that you're using somebody else's shoes, but... <laughs> Just, uh, they do clean them and spray them down after they're done stuff. using them. Spray your feet afterwards too. I have my own stuff, so I don't do that anymore. But you, you just been like you. Yeah, it, it is. It, it can get sweaty in those shoes. <laughs> hopefully, somebody took a shower before they came in. Well, it wouldn't even matter because they would put on the shoes, go to climb, and your feet are all sweaty when you climb. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, but at least you. Uh, no, no, forget it. Forget pre clean. Pre clean. Yeah, there we go. Pre clean. <laughs> Um, and then there's lead climbing, which I'm not totally, I don't want to say certified because technically I am, but I'm not fully comfortable with. And basically lead climbing, you have to take another class because it's, it's the same knot, but instead of being the rope anchored from the top and like basically going above you, the rope is not actually connected to the anchor at the top it's actually hanging below you and you have to clip into these carabiners as you go up which can be kind of scary because if you fall you fall you actually fall a little bit you take like a couple feet drop yeah and you often swing into the wall so it's not for beginners well yeah it is a bit intimidating especially since you don't have that like support line that you can see above it's below i mean i gotta tell you when 
I we went to the gym with you. I saw people doing that. I got a little frightened. Like, yeah, oh. I I took the class and I've done it a couple times. It is scary, and they often say that when you lead climb, that you should. When you lead climb, you would climb a route two ratings below what you normally do, because you have to reach down. Uh, yeah. grab the rope with one hand while you're holding onto the wall and clip into the next clip. So it's, it's, it's a lot harder on your, on your arms for sure. And your mind. Yeah. It's, it's a bit terrifying, but, um, maybe me, I'd probably, uh, use the wrong hand to grab the rope. And start or you falling. might grab something else, Ian, and get excited. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, we can't put that on there. <laughs> yes, we can. Um, yeah, uh, and then most of it is kind of cool to see lead climbers too because a lot of gyms will have a lead climbing cave, mm -hmm. so the wall ends up um, curving almost into like a cave, so you'd be climbing on the ceiling, so your back would be to the floor. Uh, I've done a couple of top ropes that have kind of leaned into that a little bit, and it's pretty awesome but pretty terrifying at the same time. <laughs> um, and then with lead climbing – uh, uh, lead climbing is kind of good to learn because a lot of routes outside are lead climbing only because you have to climb up to the point where the anchor is to put the rope on. So it is useful for outdoor rock climbing. It's just a lot harder and more terrifying. Um, and then for lead climbing, you need rock climbing shoes, a rope, which most of the time you have to have a 9.5 millimeter in diameter. And then... I mean, for indoor lead climbing, you don't need more than like a 70 meter long rope. And then harness, carabiner, belay device, and chalk and chalk bag. So it's, that's just kind of a brief run through of the three different kinds. Um, I have for rock, rock climbing shoes for, um, for beginners and intermediate if you want to get your own stuff. Uh, the Scarpa Origin is like the perfect shoe for uh, beginner climbers, and that's the, the ones that you wear, Ian. Um, it's about $80 at REI. And then the ones I use, a bit more expensive, and they're they're not even advanced shoes, they're intermediate. Um, La Sportiva Oxygen, which are really good for like intermediate climbers. Um, one thing about rock climbing shoes they're not supposed to feel comfortable. No. They're supposed to be very uncomfortable to the point where you want to take them off in between climbs. Yeah, your feet will hurt and your toes will because, Yeah, together. because you're, you're, they, it, it basically makes it so that your toes like curve arch, right? Yeah, in an arch so that when you do go to use a foothold, you stay better on you – you have more friction on the, the hold so you don't go anywhere. So it's not supposed to be pleasant for your feet. Just throwing that out there. So, uh, yeah. Just you make sure you stretch. Stretching is key. Well, yeah, that too. But I'm just saying, like, as far as um, shoes go, definitely they have to be uncomfortable. And then, like, if – and then a lot of times, too, like REI and um, – well, not Eastern Mountain Sport anymore, but um, a lot of outdoor retailers will sell a harness – in a carabiner and a belay device all in one package. And that usually runs for 60 bucks. It's, it's really not that bad. Black diamond has very good harnesses. 
I've had the same one for the last five years. And then chalk in a chalk bag is relatively cheap. Chalk bags are cool, though, because you can get a bunch of different ones. A lot of people on Etsy do them. You can get, like, a Pokemon chalk bag where they take, like, a a Pokemon stuffed animal and put a chalk bag in it, and you use that, and you clip on. Or you could use a Superman chalk bag. Yeah, and I have a Spider-Man one, so there you go. So you can hear it up. We'll have to get Ray there sometime. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Captain America, probably. Yeah, there you go. It, it is difficult. Um, I have seen – it is kind of funny because I've seen a couple times where, f- like, football players would come in, like the big jack dudes mm-hmm. that would go to the gym, and they struggle at rock climbing because it's a whole different group yeah. of muscles that you're using. It's more your forearms and your fingers than your biceps. It, that is that is if you're climbing properly. If A lot of times people's biceps will hurt because they're not – really technically climbing right uh, technically I, I did a lot of that at first because i use more my arms than my feet yeah and my legs that that like is why i like rock climbing so much too is like you may be bad at one five ten but go to do a different styled five ten and be able to do it easy because of your climbing style so climbing can adapt to basically any weight, any size, mm-hmm. uh, any height, rather, any way you like to climb, whether it be just going straight up or really teetering your weight back and forth and having a more rhythmic movement. So you can be good at just about anything depending on what your style is, and you just have to find your style and you'll be good at it. So that's a, one of the reasons why I like it so much. Um, before we wrap up, I'm going to list off some rock gyms in, in Connecticut. I'll do Connecticut and um, – Massachusetts, uh, just because that's our area, but Connecticut, and this is a big one. This is actually probably, if there was going to be a franchise for rock climbing, it's Central Rock Gym. Uh, They have a location in Glastonbury, Connecticut at 259 Eastern Boulevard. They have one, and they stretch out to Mass, New York, and uh, Rhode Island, but they have one in Worcester, Framingham. Uh, Watertown, Hadley, and Boston. So you can basically find a Central Rock gym anywhere. And the cool part about Central Rock, and this is the one that me and me mm-hmm. and Ian usually go to, if you have a membership there, it is expensive. It's like seventy dollars a month. Yeah, seventy five. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot for membership. That's why I don't do it anymore. But if you have a membership to that gym, you can go to any of their other gyms for free. And the way they stylize their gyms are very different from one another. So like Glastonbury, they have a good balance of everything like bouldering, top rope, and lead. Yeah, balls up to the side. Yeah, and then Hadley. Hadley is a bit different where they have two floors. They're shorter top ropes, very little lead climbing, a decent amount of um, bouldering. And then, yeah, and then I, I've heard some of their gyms have, like, saunas in them. Uh, there's one in um, Walton, Walt, Waltnum, Mass. That's right next to a brewery, the Mighty Squirrel Brewery. It's a bouldering center right next to Walt, uh, the, the brewery. So you can get a beer and then, you know, go boulder for a little bit. How about beer than boulder? No, that sounds dangerous. It's, it's not a good idea. I've seen people drunk climb, though. It's <laughs> a little funny. Um, and then other ones in Connecticut, Stone Age Rock Gym in Manchester, 195 Adams Street. It's a small, I, all of the ones in Connecticut I've been to, which is actually kind of funny. 
Um, stone, it's smaller. It's kind of like a garage style where they have a few roots. It's a bit tall, but there's not a lot of space. Um, that, that one's been there forever. Nice. Uh, rock climb Fairfield is probably my favorite. They have like the multi-floor system, but they also have like a lot of everything. Like you walk in and there's a bouldering tunnel Ooh. that goes down the middle. And then off to the left, they'll have their fitness center, bouldering cave, other routes that you can climb. And they're really cool at holidays because they'll do like Halloween climbs where you can go in your Halloween costume. So it sounds like you're going to get something caught somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll do like – it's kind of cool how they do it too because I saw like posts and everything about it. They'll like send up a climber on Halloween and they'll shut off all the lights except for the spotlight. And the spotlight will follow the climber as he's going up. Oh, no pressure. And then I've seen, like, I don't, I don't know if it's uh, Rock Climb Fairfield, but there's some gyms that have, like, the interactive games on the bouldering wall. So you can ha- be on the wall with somebody, and you'll be playing Tetris with the projector. With huh. So you'll put down. your hand on one of the rocks, and the ball will bounce back, and you have to match it. That's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And then they have um, some some gyms have the uh, infamous rock climb treadmill, rock climbing treadmill, where you constantly – it's like a vertical treadmill with holds on it. Oh. So you have to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. Um, I would probably fall for that. I yeah, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. And then um, Prime Climb in Wallingford, 340 Quinnipiac Street. Uh, also, another kind of smaller, smaller gym. Family business. I wouldn't say it was family. It's just it, it sounded to me like it was a bunch of like college kids that wanted to open up a climbing gym kind of deal. Uh, which is also kind of. You didn't get into that. I I actually started out there. That's where I really started climbing. Until I found Rock Climb uh, Fairfield because it was bigger. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked the atmosphere there more. Um, it's kind of funny because the next one, Mountain Fun, is also part of Prime Climb, just in a different building. So it, they're right next to one another. But Mountain Fun is more for little kids. That they have like the rope ladders and, and easier I routes saw, and everything. So it's right up your alley, then. Oh yeah, I'm I'm the, I'm I am the child. I would play in the rope swing all day. Yes, you would. <laughs> so I know I know I haven't chimed in too much, but have you guys? Have either of you guys ever done like any like actual rock climbing? Like outside? Like, yeah, like outside or no yet. Ian has, I have. I went once. Have? I have. Oh, you said Ian has. No, I Ian like, hasn't. Oh. Hasn't I've not done that yet. I'm like, what? Yeah, uh, hold on one second. And then just going into mass real quickly, there's rock other than central rock gyms. There's Rock on Adventure in Norwood. Rock Spot Climbing in Boston, which is actually kind of fun. I, I went there once. And that is where I stopped with Mass. Um, it's pretty so, where, so where did you, like, rock, rock climb? I went up into the Adirondacks with my sister's boyfriend, my sister and his cousin. Okay. And we went – I forgot the roots. There's one called The Sword. Yeah. Which was a 5'9 outside, and I, I even struggled to do that. And I do 5'11s, 5'12s. 
So that that just gives you an idea of how much different it is outside. Uh-huh. Um, we also did a, I want to say it's a chapel pond slab. Um, and for those of you who don't know what a slab is, it's kind of, it's not a traditional like rock rock climbing, like vertical. Actually, I think I found that online. Um, it's kind of more slanted, so you can actually almost walk up it. Mm-hmm. It's just a very steep walk. Okay. Um, that took, that was a multi-pitch climb, which is a whole nother thing where you get to the end of a rope, then you have to make an anchor. Mm-hmm climb up it, untach the anchor, and then make it again, oh. another anchor, lead climb up to a different point. Um, oh, the uh, photos look uh, yeah, it, intense. <laughs> I, can, I can throw up a couple pictures when I go to make an article about it. <laughs> but it, it was terrifying to do the sword because I had to rappel down yeah. the side of a cliff to a little platform with a tree on it. Then I had to tie in, let my sister's boyfriend, Jack, lead climb up to where we were going and then i followed behind him <laughs> so i had to rappel then to climb back up to the top so it was it was quite it was probably one of more my more badass moments but um i'm trying to get more into outdoor climbing it's just a bit harder because not a whole lot of people do it and in connecticut there's not a whole lot yeah um there is a place in mansfield that i'll check out eventually but yeah that is um, our rock climbing segment, um, what was I going to say? I blanked out. I'm the best. No, no, you're not. <laughs> um, um, if you guys have any questions about rock climbing, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to answer any of them, climb with you guys. I'm always down to climb. Uh, but yeah, that is that. Um, Quick sh- couple shout outs because there are a couple of big things coming. Mm-hmm. Wanted to s- say a quick congratulations to the. Um, you're going to have to help me out with it. The make, collect. I was just looking it up. It's, uh, so the, the group we keep talking about on Facebook is called Make Comic Book Collecting Fun Again. It's a really great group. A lot of these guys know what they're talking about. And it's just everyone likes comics. Yeah, everybody's nice yeah. on there too. I know we have, we're doing, um, Kind of like a March Madness style for uh, su- uh, superhero villains, and everybody votes which they like better, and that's who wins the next round. And they throw a bunch of prizes, and it's it's really it's a really cool group. Yeah, I definitely check them out. They were, uh, you know, courtesy of uh, my friend Tobias, Tobias Kodachrome, and give me one second. You guys can talk for one second, and I'll yeah. And then yeah. shout out to our buddy Clay too. Um, cool. and also congratulations to that group for getting sponsored today by, um, the Cleese app. Yeah. And nice. There was one other sponsor, but I forgot the name. Um, and then really huge shout out to my cousin, Ryan Fagan, mm-hmm. who is opening a brewery in Manchester. So Manchester, Connecticut, Manchester, yep. Connecticut um, craft beer. I've, I got a sneak peek of it. It's very good. It's called urban lodge brewing. Ooh, um, I know I'm getting a group together this Friday to go. They open on Thursday, so when you guys are listening, probably today. Um, the address, real quick. Oh, God, I have to find it. You don't know your cousin's own address? Well, I there's so many streets in, in everywhere. <laughs> is it, it is 47 Purnell Place, which I believe it's right off of Main Street in Connecticut. Um 
they have we got Google Maps people. They have five or six beers on tap, uh, IPAs, lagers, and a stout. Um, very nice building that has a mural painted on it. So definitely check it out. Beautiful patio. Is it open tonight? We can get a road soda. Yeah. Right. Um, so I know we keep talking about uh, Tobias Kodachrome. So his Facebook page is Kodachrome Comic Shop, C-O-D-A-K-H-R-O-M-E, Comic Shop. Check out his Etsy. Um, I'm going to post a link on the Facebook page, and I'll post a link on the blog page. Um, he does take commissions, so if you guys have a comic book that you want to get um, chopped, or what he does is he'll find a beat-up copy, and he'll cut the panels out of that, and nice. you can just um, make a collage out of that. And they are beautiful. Yeah. They so, are beautiful. Um, highly recommended. Um, uh, actually, uh, Tobias is the one who introduced me to the Make Comic Book Collecting Fun Again group. There so, you go. Uh, thanks very much, Toby, if you're listening. Hope you like the shout-out. Yeah, and then just our little quote of the day comes from... Um, Pfizer here. Comes from the book The Secret by I'll post the author later. I forgot her name. Um, your current reality or your current life is a result of the thoughts you have been thinking. All of that which to- will totally change as you begin to change your thoughts and your feelings. So become more positive. Your life becomes more positive. Oh, you're there so you sweet, go. Eric. So um, or actually no, I had, a, I had a better one. Sorry, you can keep that one. But I, uh, the better one from this book was when you say to yourself, I'm going to have a pleasant visit or a pleasant journey, you are literally sending elements and forces ahead of your body that will arrange things to make your visit or journey pleasant. When before the visit or the journey or the shopping trip, you are in a bad humor or fearful or apprehensive of something unpleasant, you are sending unseen agencies ahead of you, which will make some kind of unpleasantness. Our thoughts, or in other words, our state of mind is ever at work fixing up things good or bad in advance. Hey. So a little, little spiritual today, but... Um, You're always spiritual. I mean, I try to be. <laughs> um, but anywho, um, so follow <laughs> us on Instagram at, at TheAdventureGeeks727, right? I believe so. Uh, we are starting to up our content a bit, so bear with us. You're going to probably get a bunch more things coming your way. Um, I'm happy for that we have such a fan base right now, and I hope we grow even more. Uh, don't be afraid to talk to us. I mean, I, I know I've said it before, but we definitely do appreciate the uh, the feedback. Our, our Facebook group, again, is the Adventure Geeks. And we also started a Facebook group, too. So if you guys want in, all you got to do is just hit the page and request it. We'll definitely let you in as long as you're respectful. And then our Twitter, which I keep forgetting to mention, because I think this is the first time I actually mentioned it. Yeah, we're not in the, you know. um, We're also upping our Twitter game. But you can look up the Adventure Geeks podcast or we're at Geeks Adventure. And then if you want to follow us individually, this is Eric. I am mainly on Instagram as the letter E, the letter Z, Spidey8. This is uh, Ian. You can follow me also on Instagram at Sully1918. Thank you. You got it right. (laughs) 
Sorry. Oh, it's only four uh, choice. And I always forget mine, so Capray Flash on Instagram. And also, I'm on Twitter at Clark Ray Kent. <laughs> and you can just look at my name right here on Facebook. You yeah. know who I am. Alright. Also, real quick before we end the episode, we're going to start trying to do a thing on Instagram where we come up with three topics for our next episode and you guys can vote which one you want to hear. So look, keep looking at our Instagram story. We want to try to get more of you involved, more of you in control of what we put out if you like it. So uh, stay tuned, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much.